you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We are live in New York City. It is Friday, which means everyone here is in a really good mood on May 26. I am Sarah Walsh alongside a Jason McCourty, who could be more excited about this weekend, Peter Schrager, and our Super Bowl champion linebacker, K.J. Wright. Yeah. It is time now for the lead block. lead block. When we last saw the Cowboys in action, Dak Prescott was throwing two interceptions to the Niners in a 9-12 divisional loss to those San Francisco 49ers, but rather than scrap the offense built in part by the outgoing offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy looking to build upon its success. I think just because the way we're practicing, you know, they're able to do a little more, but I mean, uh, some guys are, like, like Tony's doing the walkthroughs and things like that, so yeah, so you'll, you'll see them participate more. We're still in Dak's language, uh, so we're definitely built off of, you know, I mean, if you just look at the history of our offense here, you know, 2020 was really a trying to figure out who we wanted to be in that year with the pandemic and all the injuries and so forth. So I think the evolution of 21 and 22 is where the, the evolution from 21 to 22 is, is really the direction we want to continue to build off of. So, I mean, if you look at the you know, statistics of those three years of offense and in the areas of how we've, uh, the direction we're going, we'll, we'll continue on that direction. Well, in order to continue in that direction, they're going to need to do so with McCarthy calling the plays for the first time in his tenure with the Cowboys. So do we see the Cowboys offense ascending in 2023, <laughs> Peter? That's the hope, right? You know, you guys play in the NFL. Sorry, you've covered it so long. OTAs, seven on seven, 11 on 11 t-shirts, shorts, and yet you are installing some of the new concepts mm -hmm. and you are starting to see it. Now, Mike McCarthy has coached offense for nearly 25 years in the NFL. He has a long history of it. It's more West Coast. It's a lot of stuff where we're talking about the blocking schemes may be a little different. But gosh, I thought Kellen Moore's offense was pretty darn good the mm -hmm. last few years. Talk about it. I like Kellen Moore as an <laughs> offensive coordinator. I watched this Kellen Moore Cowboys offense. They put points on the board. They put up nearly 30 points on the board as an average while he was the OC. First, when it comes to having those big 40-point games, total points. Now, you look at this and you're like, gosh, the Cowboys said Kellen Moore hit the road. And he must be sitting on the side of the road wondering, gosh, where am I going to work next? Within seconds, the Chargers were like, what? <laughs> Kellen Moore's available? And now Justin Herbert's getting to be in this Kellen Moore offense. And I think Justin Herbert in this Kellen Moore offense might look a little different than it was with Dak Prescott. I think this puts more of the onus on Dak. I, I am fascinated to look at the Kellen Moore's numbers versus Dak Prescott's numbers. And you're saying, well, that's not apples to apples. Well, one offensive coordinator was with Dak for the last three years. 
The other one is going to be with Justin Herbert mm -hmm. for now, the next foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. End of the day, Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions last year. If you can get those down, you're going to help your team immensely. But I don't know if I point to Kellen Moore as the reason mm. the Cowboys faltered. But I give Mike McCarthy credit. He's like, if I'm going down, <laughs> I'm going down yeah. with my yeah. offense. And when I say going down, I mean, like, if this thing doesn't go the way yeah. it goes, we understand that Jerry Jones might want to look another direction. And on the other end of it, if it goes up, well, I don't want everyone saying Kellen Moore was the reason why. Mm -hmm. I was the one who put this in. Remember, a lot of the same concepts what he said, but West Coast, which is what they didn't run under Kellen Moore, which is a lot of that go deep, Dak, and do your thing. And you're absolutely right when you talk about OTA starting to install. The one thing we used to always say, a lot of the coaches I've had, you get to OTAs and you install the entire offense or defense all throughout the 10 OTAs, and then you get to training camp and you do it all over again mm -hmm. to make sure by then everybody has mastered whatever you're going to do. So this time between Dak and Mike McCarthy is huge. But when you ask the question, are the Cowboys offense going to ascend when you want to see an offense ascend and see where they're going to go for the Dallas Cowboys where are you going to go in an <laughs> offense where you're saying you're going to ascend when you look at the numbers for Kellen Moore points per game they're going to go from <laughs> second to first I guess that's a great jump is it though 40 plus point games the first total yards per game is so all of these numbers in the top five for this Cowboys offense I don't think it's about ascension for them and for Mike McCarthy you just said he's going to go down swinging with himself calling the plays I think for him this is more about him being the voice of the offense them taking on his mentality and his thought process of how you go out there and win football games starting with obviously the turnovers but I think beyond that Dak Prescott has talked about it throughout these OTAs as they're starting he's getting used to just hearing Mike McCarthy's voice in his ear mm. he said he didn't even realize how much of an accent that Mike McCarthy had until he started calling the plays in his ears and it sounds like it was kind of a joke but now you see the nuances in the difference on a play-to-play -play standpoint it will be Mike McCarthy calling the plays and it's not just you get in there and you say to play over right blah 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 it's the few tidbits that you're saying before and after you call the play hey get guys in the huddle we're going to be looking to go fast or whatever the case may be hey slow it down ease everybody's tension that voice the sensei or, or whatever this voice that's going to be up in the sky is going to be Mike McCarthy this year and that's where he's looking to make the biggest difference and it's not about can this Cowboys offense get better it's can they win football games yeah okay. and the pressure that they are feeling is, is is pretty real and it's either going to make diamonds or it's going to burst pipes and when I just look at this front office I give this front office an A plus mm. when it comes to putting together the right pieces around Dak Prescott getting the right free agents the right trades if you can't pull up the depth chart look what they had to do they let Ezekiel Elliott go it was a hard decision but it was the right decision Tony Pollard needs at least 20 plus touches per game. He's someone that can get you the ball on the perimeter, out of the backfield, get Tony Pollard the ball, something good will happen. They bring in Brandon Cooks. This is a guy, Mr. 1000. Yeah. He's going to be consistent, get them the ball down the football field. You know what's going to come when you have Brandon Cooks on your offense. And for Michael Gallup, he has a full offseason to just just prepare, just to, he doesn't have to rehab, come off the ACL injury last year. He's a guy that I really expect. When it was those 50-50 balls, Michael Gallup should come down with him. And for for the tight end. Ferguson, Ferguson who I don't know much about. This, this had a good be, year last year, but. It should be a breakout year for Ferguson. Replacing Dalton Schultz, this guy's going to be fun to watch. And so it's on Dak Prescott and it's on McCarthy. NFC Championship or bust, that is what expected from this football team. If you cannot get it done, unfortunately, they may be looking for new jobs next year. And I ask you, and I think those are real stakes. And um, 
Seahawks and Packers had so many legendary battles. When you say Mike McCarthy offense, and you are a defensive player in playoff games yes. and huge season openers, what comes to mind? Explosive. Winning football. When we played them in the NFC Championship, I'm going to say choked a little bit. We were great. We were great, but they kind of they didn't get the they didn't get it done. And so for him, when you do have this type of offense, you do have these weapons. Find a way to maximize all this talent you have on your football team. You have the guys. You have Gallup. You have C.D. Lamb. You have Tony Pollard. These are some serious dudes and some serious weapons when it comes to putting up points um, on, on Sundays. And so I'm excited to watch him get it done. But he has one opportunity to make it happen this football season. When you look at all those weapons, here's the thing: I think that Cowboys fans want first and foremost a healthy Dak. Prescott, he hasn't played an entire season since before the pandemic, which is insane. Obviously, he right out of the gate, he got hurt last year. One of those seasons that I'm talking about, he missed just one. But in 2020, he missed 11 games. 2021, he missed just one. Last season, five games. So uh, we can be talking about all this stuff, but I, he's got to be out on that field. And then I think the other thing, and it goes back to what Jason was saying, what do we consider ascending, right? Because when those numbers were as huge as they were, what if those numbers aren't quite as big, they're not as eye-popping, but you cut down on the interceptions. There was only three games last year that he didn't throw an interception, and it came back to bite them hugely in that playoff loss that ended their season. So I think it's really nuanced when we say, can they ascend? But I also think KJ's right. Ascent, who cares about the numbers if it's the wins, yeah. right? I mean, mm -hmm. they cannot put up as many 40-point games. If they're winning and they're averaging 28 points per game and there's no interceptions, do Cowboys fans care? Like, I don't think they're going to be sitting there going, mm -hmm. oh, no, well, last year we scored this many per game. I, mean, mm -hmm. I don't it, – it's for us to dissect, right? And it's the offseason and there's time to do that now. And, and you got to talk about something. But I think the idea of ascension, what does that mean? And I think that it means Dak taking the next – step yeah. in terms yeah. of cutting down the interceptions in terms of winning the big one because we've been talking about it for how long now a lot mm -hmm. and, and that's the formula play great defense and protect the football if you Dak Prescott we don't need you to be Superman we don't need you to go out there and just make these big time plays protect the football don't mess it up trust your defense trust Parsons on the opposite side you got Gilmore they have the right weapons in place and when it comes down to playoff time playoff football it is all about the details and so he has the ability to get it done we've seen him do it earlier in his career Dak Prescott should be better this football season I'm intrigued because Dak only threw 10 interceptions and 37 touchdowns in 21 he had a thumb injury last year, threw a ton of interceptions, and you get rid of Kellen Moore. We're talking about is this Cowboys offense going to ascend? I think the bigger question is, does this Cowboys offense take a huge step back now that Kellen Moore is out the building? Because you just showed those numbers. He's been outstanding. Them not winning football games, I don't think that falls on Kellen Moore. They hired, they hired Frank Reich and Carolina. I know Kellen Moore had a really good interview as a head coach, mm -hmm. and he was fired as an offensive coordinator in the Cowboys. You're basically told, we would have been better without you. We're going to be better without you. I hope to see the Cowboys look at that and say, okay, well, we all have to collectively yeah. prove that right. Mm -hmm. Time will tell. We will see. <laughs> we have been so, so happy to have KJ Wright in studio the past few days. One of the legends from the Seattle Legion of Boom era. And keeps on mentioning these names and all the Seattle players. And constantly, Sarah, Jason, and I are like, gosh, there was a lot of good players on mm -hmm. that defense. And gosh, there are a lot of personalities on that <laughs> defense. So we put KJ to the test. We want to break down your top five defenders mm -hmm. from the Legion of Boom era from five to one. List your friends. Not a good thing listen, to do. Listen. And yet here we are. Listen, first and foremost, guys, I love you guys. I respect you guys. Do not be mad at me, but we got to rank you guys number five to number one. And coming in at number five 
We got Mr. Belly Roll himself, Brandon Meebane at number five. Brandon Meebane! Right here was a monster. A monster, and he was so intellectual as well. Before the play, he will point. Ball's going here, ball's going there. He would let us know what was coming. Just TFLs left and right, and this guy personally means a lot to me because he took me under his wing. He taught me how to play football. He taught me how to watch film. Brandon Meebane is a guy that's forgotten about, but in my eyes, he is Top one of five. the best. Brandon Meebane at number five. That's I love that. Let's that's go. Now number four. Okay, this is where it starts getting a little controversial. Coming to number four, we got the best cornerback of this generation, Richard Sherman. Four. At number four. four. I don't have him. I thought he'd be one. No, no, Sherman's number four. Listen, <laughs> this is my guy. But a fade ball to his side is an interception every single time. This man ended up with 37 career picks. The man oh, talked to his smack. If you threw the ball his way, nothing good was going to happen. Sherman got so good at one point, he was like, Ken, don't even buzz to my side. I'm like, Sherman, I'm the buzz defender. I got to drop to you. He's like, go do something else. I don't need you to look at my side. He took away one third of the football field and at one point, eight interceptions, eight interceptions. T uh, PBUs, Richard Sherman at number four. Number three. Number three. Give me Earl Thomas at number three. This man, walkthroughs was like game days. He, to say he loved football is an understatement. Earl Thomas was just glued to film. This man lived, breathed, and just loved football and one of the best tackling safeties that I have ever seen. If it's in the open field, he's bringing you down. If it's a fade ball, he's running sideline to sideline, red line to red line, getting those picks. This guy was just so focused. He was so smart. And I'm telling you, the way he practiced was like game day. Number two. Give me Bobby Wagner. This man Two? is the best. Who's one? Just over 1,500 tackles, 30 sacks. Offensive lineman cannot block him. His IQ is like none of the, is one of the best I've ever seen. Bobby Wagner is the best linebacker of this generation. Got picks, got you know, TFLs left and right, 30 sacks. You try to run his way, nothing good is happening. So I'm so glad he's back. It'll definitely help out this Seahawks defense. Can I tell you what I used to love when Bobby Wagner used to jump over defensive lines and block field, field goals. Field goal box. Unbelievable <laughs> yeah. athlete. With great fanfare, we've already done Sherman. Mm -hmm. We've already done Wagner. We've already done Brandon Meebane and Earl Thomas, who is the number one player in the Legion of Boom era on that defense. There can only be one enforcer. Give me Cam Chancellor at number one. Mm. Cam Chancellor is the big dog. He's the enforcer. And like oh. I said last week, this man kept everyone together. He was the glue to the defense. I know everyone sees his big hits. I know everyone sees him striking dudes, but his leadership was something that really stood out to me. Cam gave the pregame speeches, knocking dudes out left and right. <laughs> and so one of my favorite teammates ever, the guy's a freaking legend. His career also ended way too soon. If we're talking about Cam Chancellor, he's he's the big dog. He's the enforcer. He's my number one Legion of Boom member. Woo! All right, so I look at Legion of Boom, and we're talking about the entire era. Legion of Boom might have been the defensive, but this is the whole thing. This is controversial on many levels, and yet you were there. You were in the trenches. Right. This who is would, how you see it, and it who, could have been any order. Who would you pick? Well, I that think, I mean, I don't see Michael Bennett on this list. He might have made this list. I don't see Cliff Averill on this list. Cliff's going to be mad I don't, see, know. I don't see KJ Wright on this list. I can't do that to myself. And, and I might have also, uh, look. There's, there's so many. It's hard. Hall of Famer Bobby Wagner. Yes. Hall of Famer Richard Sherman. Yes. I don't know if Cam Chancellor or Earl Thomas get that same discussion. Really? I don't know. I, I was in the building. The, what they Talk, Make what the they, case for them. What they meant 
to our football team, I'm telling you, with all these personalities, all these egos, who's going to be the one to reel guys back? Like, these dudes were legends. And so I love these guys. Don't be mad at me. All you guys are phenomenal players. Hey, top five. Here we go. Thank you for making this list yeah. not easy to rank your friends. Yes, this, this was yeah, hard to do. Yeah, go ahead, rank your friends. Make them all mad. <laughs> we need to so add all of them on, on Twitter. The at all yeah, of them. Everybody from that all. era. Any of them, if they want to weigh in, we're happy to get those tweets on the show. We got yeah. uh, we got plenty of time left here. So yeah. if you want to be mad at your boy, go ahead and let, uh, let America know, and then we will relay that. Coming up, how's Darren Waller adjusting to life in the Big Apple? Well, apparently pretty well. We're going to hear what the Giants' new tight end had to say at OTAs next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm Will Selva, TGIF on GMFB, and Jimmy Garoppolo making headlines this morning after NFL Network Insider Tom Pellicero revealed that Jimmy G underwent surgery on his foot after signing with the Raiders back in March. Now, the 31-year-old vet breaking his foot last December against the Finns, but that didn't stop the Raiders from signing him to a three-year, $72 million deal. Vegas head coach Josh McDaniel speaking to reporters and said that although Garoppolo didn't participate in OTAs, training camp is still two months away, giving his star QB plenty of time to recover. Meanwhile, over in the Big Apple, tight end and former Raider Darren Waller wrapping up OTAs with his new team, the New York Football Giants. After practice, he was asked whether he feels the staff in New York is open to considering his thoughts and opinions about how their offense should run when drawing up schemes. Yeah, they, they, they value our opinions here. You know, as a player, I feel like a lot of places I've gone, it's, you're told to do things a certain way and you, and you do those things. And um, But here, it's like they ask a lot of questions. They want to know what you're thinking, what do you like to do more, and uh, so to offer input is a really cool thing because, you know, coaches and players got to be in partnership. We're all together and shouldn't be clashing with each other. It's all, we're all going the same direction. Definitely the honeymoon phase for Waller in New York. Of course, he spent a majority of his career with the Raiders, so what exactly was he trying to say there in <laughs> that press conference with the reporters? Acquiring minds hmm. want to know, Don't worry, Sarah, well. guys. Yeah, don't worry. We'll speculate on what he was trying to say. Like, we'll, we'll jump sure, in here and, and give some opinions. <laughs> Thanks, Will. KJ, from yeah. a player perspective, how big of a difference does it make you feel when an organization truly cares about your input? Yeah, it's one thing a coach hearing you out, listening to you. Yeah, man, I love, love your ideas. There's another one if they actually execute your desires and actually put it on the drawing boards. And so when I look at what Darren Waller said, understand this. These coaches spend countless hours watching film, game planning. Yeah. And when it comes down to the nitty gritty, coaches coach and, play, and players play. That's, that's how it's going to be done. And so I love what he's saying, but understand this. This is OTAs. Darren, you're our new, you're our new guy. Welcome in. What do you like? Oh, you want to do this? You want to do that? No, understand this. When it comes down to the season time, 
Brian Dayball know what he's doing. He's going to make sure this, this offense is running at a very high level. Saquon Barkley's going to be getting the ball. We're going to put you in a position to be successful, but there's been countless times when I went to my coach, hey, coach, I see this on film. Hey, coach, I like this. Hey, coach, let's do that. And when you get there on Wednesday morning, what's the game plan? I didn't say, let's do any of this. And so I like that he thinks that they're listening to him. I hope that they are. But at the end of the day, coaches coach, players play. And that's that. And as you say that, I think of Dan Quinn, Chris Richard, and I think of Robert Sala, and I'm like, they just completely disregarded all of K.J. Wright's thoughts. They didn't care <laughs> at all about him, all your defensive coordinators. But honestly, I read this, and I didn't think of anything about the Giants or Dayball. I saw it as a complete shot at Josh McDaniels and what they were doing in Vegas. And, Jason, you played, obviously, for the Patriots when McDaniels was there. Like, is that... Should that be seen as a slight on McDaniels and how they ran their operation in Vegas? I will say he said the places I've been. He was in Baltimore as well. And I, I look at it as it is a shot at McDaniels and maybe how he runs his. And I don't know. I didn't wasn't obviously on the side of the ball with Josh. But I think the words that he is saying can be true in any job. We come on this show every single day. And if we have input on a certain segment, you feel great about it the next day when you're standing up in front of the camera and you're talking. No different than when I go home, if my wife allows me to have some say-so on what we're doing at home, I'm <laughs> more enthusiastic <laughs> and completing whatever task I have. The best defenses I was on, we were able to make checks within that defense. We were able to change the call within that defense. So I look at this, and I think it is true. I think as a player, if you can think that you have say or you can control something, if Daniel Jones can go into the huddle and he gets the call from Dable and he talks to Darren Waller and he's like, what are you seeing out there? Hey, when they do X, Y, and Z, the safety's over that way. Hey, you can hit me on the quick out. And then they go out there and they execute that play and Daniel Jones goes to the sideline and says, hey, Dable, me and Darren talked before the play, and this is what we're seeing. When you have that type of communication and that type of relationship, you see the results out there on the field. So I think what he's saying is very true. When you can have that open line of communication, it goes a lot further on the field. What about, what about being a tight end? He's like, not calling not the quarterback. <laughs> he's not calling any plays, but you have a tight end that has a ton of success. His communication to Daniel Jones, which overlap can go to Dable, goes a very long way for KJ Wright. Mm -hmm. He's out there on the field. If Earl Thomas sees something, he communicates to him. Now him and Bobby are talking. When they get to the sideline in between series, yeah. hey coach, I know we wanted to install it this way, but this is what we're seeing. That has to be you have to be able to make those adjustments. What we had was the ability to make checks amongst ourselves. Like I said, when Richard Sherman said, hey, catcher, don't even buzz to my side. Mm -hmm. He gave me that green light. I couldn't go to a coach and be like, hey, coach, I'm not going to buzz. I'm just going to do my own thing because they would have definitely overruled us and said, execute the defense. And so you guys were lucky. You guys were able to make checks within the play, within the drive. Yeah. We didn't necessarily have that green light. And so for him, for you guys, that was lucky. But for us as Legion of Boom guys, we made checks amongst ourselves within the game. I'm talking to Bobby. I'm going to do this. If they do that, let's do this. And so you guys were pretty lucky to be able to do that. Yeah, and I think it, you want to study a little bit harder when you know you have the ability to do that and it all comes down to that relationship where a coach knows hey if I'm showing up as a producer here, I already know what Schrager's thinking. I've been working with him for so long, having that open line of communication. He understands why I'm making this call. You talked about in the game, you guys are installed something, and when that situation came, you don't even need to call from the mm -hmm. sideline because we've already talked about this, prepared it. I already know what the defensive coordinator is going to mm -hmm. call because we've already been in this situation. To me, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and let's just be honest, guys. Coaches, they have egos. They have egos, yeah. and when it's like, I put these countless hours into making this game plan, I 
I put these countless hours and spending time putting you guys in position successful, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do is the best best thing for our defense. And so you guys were lucky we necessarily didn't have that green light. Well, we weren't as good as you guys. Maybe we weren't. Lucky. Yeah. Maybe we were doing let, the wrong way. Let me way. just wrap this up with one question. How, how often do you get to say so at home? Me? Yeah. Absolutely never. Never? <laughs> no. Just do this. Like most households. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Happy wife, happy wife. Absolutely. I like that. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel hyping up the Florida Panthers crowd before game four. The Panthers went on to sweep the Carolina Hurricanes and advance to their first Stanley Cup final in 27 years. They better get him there for every game. He's also been courtside at Miami. He's <laughs> living at the better be at that game. He better be at the And the games. Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. So we asked, which coach or player would you love to go to a playoff game or you can pick any sporting event with? Jason. I mean, I could just choose Mike McDaniel. Yeah. I mean, he just seems like one of the guys. But I'm going with Dan Campbell. I love to pull up to a playoff game. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Me and Dan, I am big on T-shirts. I love to have them. The creativity of them. So me and Dan Campbell sporting T-shirts. My T-shirt would be a picture of Peter Schrager yeah. on it wearing a shirt of Kyle Brandt. Yes. And that would be my T-shirt, me and Dan Campbell doing our thing. And then Kyle's the got game. the Jamie shirt, and it's, then Jamie's got the Selva shirt, yes. and then Selva's got the Sarah yes. shirt. Yeah, I love that. Just Good Russian doll, they call that. <laughs> I'm going Mike Tomlin. Mm -hmm. Don't know Mike Tomlin that well. No, I'm from, he's cool as hell. Like, I want to hang out with Mike Tomlin. I watch Mike know. Tomlin speak. I'm like, that's the guy I want to hang out with. That's the guy I want to watch a game with. I'm going Coach T, who universally is respected as one of the coolest dudes in the league. And as an authority, obviously, within his locker room, but other coaches around the league, you know, I've become really good friends with Sean McVay. Like, he worships Mike Tomlin. He's like, Tomlin's the man. When I got to Tampa, like, Tomlin is, is who Raheem said I got to go meet. And, like, everyone loves Coach T. And I just think it would be cool to spend a night watching basketball with Mike Tomlin. Let's go. We'll be courtside. First time ever. I would love to be there. Thank you. <laughs> what could be better than sitting courtside at a Lakers game than none, than none other than Shannon Sharp? Mm. Shannon Sharp at a Lakers game? I don't believe there's a Unk? person on the planet might be ready. that loves be ready Le LeBron James. <laughs> More than Shannon Sharp. This guy was ready to fight the whole Memphis Grizzlies squad <laughs> when he was there talking to John Moran's dad. Like, who are you talking to? Big bad Shannon Sharp. He loves LeBron James. And I can only imagine in person, courtside with all the stars sitting next to Shannon Sharp rooting for LeBron James. I know that'll be you a might have to, to be, you, you know, you might have to go. Like, yes. you, this might not just be like a passive event where you're watching. You might have to go. Yeah. Are yeah. you ready for that? I'm ready for it. Oh, I don't want that it. smoke. Could I have a four court side? No, no, he's got you. He got, he got, he got you. you. He got me? Yeah. He's got you. He's plugged up. Kwame Brown, I don't want to you gotta know some, You got to know somebody to sit court side at a Lakers game. Yeah. yeah. You do. So I was thinking events, and you guys are all doing basketball games. I've never been to the Kentucky Derby. Okay. But there's like over 150,000 people that go to the Kentucky Derby. Yep. So you don't want to just go among the riffraff. I'm way too old for that. I don't want to be in the infield. I don't want to be in the nonsense. Like, I want to go first class the Kentucky Derby, which means if I'm going to the Kentucky Derby, I want to go with Tom Brady and that mm. whole gang because that is a first class yeah. setup. We're talking Brady, Gronk. He's got, is for there a sighting in there, too? I mean, I think, although it looks like they're just down in the regular area, I'm sure they're not. I'm, I no, that's a nice private area. Trust plane me. to Louisville. I want to be in the roped-off area. I just think that that is a different Kentucky Derby experience than the rest of the population. So if and when I go to the Kentucky Derby, I would like that to be my experience there. How do you get to the Kentucky Derby? You know, you know who goes? Somebody as well? you gotta, hey. Ian Rappaport goes. Well, he's got a horse. he owns horses. Yes. I think Ian Rappaport owns a hoof of a horse, but I'm not going to get into all that. Ian Rappaport goes. I want to roll with Rap Sheet because yes. I feel like I watch his pictures and his Instagram. Like He's pretty plugged in. Yeah. Pretty plugged in. All right. Well, then go I'll go with Ian. I, he owns the nostril of one of the horses. Like, I just want the invite. <laughs> we got
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Broncos continued their OTAs yesterday, and Denver fans were happy to see Javante Williams return to the field, nice. even just if it's on a limited basis after suffering a torn ACL in week four last year. He was looking good, and Russell Wilson feeling fit. Ultimately, you know, we want to be the best version of ourselves with me, too. You know, I want to be the best version of me, and I'm looking forward to the, to the work of it all and doing that. I feel great. I feel lean and mean, ready to go and uh, focused, but all I know is uh, I'm, I'm excited to play again. Russell Wilson sounding very upbeat for a quarterback that was coming off statistically the worst season of his career. He should be upbeat right now, though. What about this season? What is at stake for Russell Wilson in 2023? Peter. For me as you know, media guy who's sitting here in this thing, for me to value someone else's career and start judging what they did accolades-wise, it seems like it's an absurd gesture. And yet, who votes on the Hall of Fame? Guys like me who did not play the game, who are voters, who are writers, who are the... That's who votes on the Hall of Fame. And to me, you can't have another goose egg this year. You can't do another back-to-back -back season of what it was last year. Wilson was terrible last year, and there were so many different things going on. Obviously, first-year head coach we had no relationship with, that went sour. There was an ownership sale during the season where things were completely handed over. There were player injuries to Javante Williams. There were decisions in the game, fourth quarter, head scratchers, weird decisions with let's kick a field goal in week one against Seattle as opposed to let's try to go for it with Russell Wilson. And then it was just a tumbling ball down. But you have another bad season? You could always be the Walter Payton man of the year. You could always be a Seahawks Super Bowl champion. But I don't know if we're still talking Russell Wilson Hall of Famer if you start having all these bad seasons in a row has put up great numbers, has won a Super Bowl. Your legacy matters, though. And this Denver chapter, for what they have sold to get you, for what they have given up to get you, and now a new head coach that is a quarterback-friendly head coach who is a guy who's had a ton of success. If this thing falls apart for Russell Wilson and we see Jared Stidham week seven under center, <laughs> I think it becomes a Russell Wilson problem, and it's not a, oh, well, the environment was weird. And they didn't. The new owners, they have put a ton of resources into this team. They have hired a head coach who is getting an estimated $20 million a year to coach this team, and he wants success for you. To me, it's Russ's legacy on the line. And I believe he needs to have a bounce back year. If he has another bad year, like, I don't know how long this Denver thing goes on because I don't know if they're going to be willing to just say, hey, you know what? It's Russell Wilson. Look what he did back in 2016 and 2018. No, no, no. It's 2023. Russell Wilson has to bounce back. Otherwise, I think there's a bit of a stain on his legacy as a quarterback in the league. You, you mentioned Hall of Fame. At this point for Russ, do you think he is a Hall of Fame player? Or oh, would he, oh, we could do I, three hours on I, this. I, I knew that answer. <laughs> what would it take for him to become, like, does he have to win another Super Bowl? Is it just like, hey, he plays five more years and he's really good. I'm not sure he isn't a Hall of Famer right now if he never takes another snap. I think there's an argument to be made that he was a quarterback that was at a high level and won a Super Bowl for his, you know, one of the best teams of the era that he played in. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he's at all a slam dunk first ballot guy. Um, I think he needs to have a couple good years in this Denver uniform to solidify it or it's no question. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I would agree with you and I think that's what's at stake. I think for Russell Wilson, you look at his career, came in, he wasn't this top five pick, wasn't this first round guy. 
that he came in and changed the Seattle Seahawks organization. I remember playing him in the preseason when they had signed Matt Flynn, and then next thing you know, Russell Wilson gets in the game, and this guy's running all over the field. So when you talk about his career and his legacy, what he's already done has been tremendous. This guy, not only on the field, has been a really good football player. You mentioned yesterday, mm -hmm. all of these Seattle Seahawks passing records. He'll be in their ring of honor, won a Super Bowl. The stuff he does off the field, different endeavors, all of those different things. I feel like what's at stake now, as you get older in the NFL, as a 35-year-old quarterback, and I'm not saying he's old or anything like that, but at this point, you had a rough season last year. If it's another rough season this year, the question now becomes, all right, is this the end of Russell Wilson's career? And I'm not saying he's going to end his season after 2023, his career. He couldn't make continue to play, but now the question marks are, all right, are we bringing this guy in to consistently win, and we think he's the guy that's going to bring us to the Super Bowl. To your point, if Jared Stidham enters the game over Russell Wilson at any point, it's hard to say he's not going to be a Denver Bronco. The contract and all of those different things, cap hits, how all of those stuff work, I don't know if they can move on from him, but I think from the standpoint, Russell Wilson isn't going to be a backup quarterback anywhere. He's a starter. He's a lead dog. He's an alpha. So I think at this point, he needs to have a bounce-back season. Doesn't have to be a all-pro. Doesn't have to be he's the best quarterback in the league, but Denver has to win, and they have to win on his back for him to bounce back and be the quarterback that we've seen in the past. I'm still shocked that they gave Artie Burns Russell's not. I'm still, that's still. That's, that's for context. For but in Seattle, mind. a player named Artie Burns, former first-round pick of the Steelers, is going to be wearing number three for the Seahawks, and the Seahawks organization just said, yeah, you can wear it, Artie Burns, and you're still shocked by that. I don't like that. Just retire his, don't retire it now, but don't let anyone wear number three ever. Like, this is, this is number three. This is Russell Wilson. He's one of the best quarterbacks in this history. No one should wear number three, especially Artie Burns. I see but. Travis Homer running around in a 25. Were you I, shocked I, by that? I saw I DJ know. Dallas wearing a 31. Camp yeah. Chancellor's number. Like Somebody's wearing number 50. But uh, <laughs> anyway, when I look at this Russell Wilson situation, this could potentially go down as the biggest trade heist in <laughs> NFL history. We're talking two first-round picks. We're talking two second-round picks. We're talking a bunch of good football players. No offense. Shelby Harris, Drew Locke. And we're talking about they gave this man five years and paid him a lot of money to say you are our guy for the next five years. Russell Wilson, we're putting all our eggs into you and all they've gotten so far is five wins and a fired head coach. Mm. And so right now this is looking very scary. This is looking ugly. And the Seahawks, they hit on their draft picks. They did. They got Tariq Woolen. They got two offensive linemen that started as rookies. They got the best wide receiver in this draft in Jackson Smith and Jigba and Devin Witherspoon. They are hitting. They are winning right now. And so for Russell, like you said, his legacy is on the line. John Snyder and Coach Carroll are looking like geniuses mm. right now. And so it's not over. It's just one year. But right now, it's looking pretty scary. And so I need Russ to get this figured out this year because, like you said, his legacy is definitely on the line. You know this dude. Does he care about legacy? Does he care about stuff? He does. And he so does. does he know, you think, internally, like, I got to step it up? Or is he just like, hey, I'm encouraged today? Like, no. Or, yeah, no. Be encouraged. I like yeah. that, but get it right. It's stay Execute. encouraged, Peter. And Sean what? Payton's there now, too. So that excuse to hack it, new coach, like, that's out the window. Payton's an offensive guru. No one's going to believe he's the one who's messing it up. Yep. Well, and to your point about Sean Payton is I think he's so good at what he does, but that's going to come with an added layer of pressure in terms of what you just said. You, there's nobody else. Like, people think that Sean Payton is an immediate fix, whether mm -hmm. that's fair, whether it's not. People, you say Sean Payton's going to the Broncos, and it's like, oh, problem solved, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it's never as easy as that. 
I do think, you know, one bad season, statistically, one bad season can be an aberration in a really, what's been a very long and successful career. But I think when you go, what's at stake? I think even just bigger picture, because it wasn't just the on-field stuff that was statistically not good. It was just everything that surrounded that yeah. story and the drama. And at times, sort of this like public shaming of Russell Wilson, be it from articles and things that came out. And then it, it just felt like it turned into such a bigger thing than just now. Some of that is because mm -hmm. of the, the draft status mm -hmm. that you just mm -hmm. put up in terms of what was received, right? So that's one component. Then there's the on-field component of what he did or didn't do. But then there's this other component of, you know, the stuff we saw on the sidelines with teammates and other teammates mm -hmm. that yeah. were taking shots at him. It became just a bigger than what was happening on the football field on Sundays thing. And so I would believe that he wants to get a lot of things fixed. And it's not just the football perception, right? There, there was just a bigger sure, He's being openly bust. mocked on TV. And after this guy yes. was the, the Walter Payton man of the year and Love. He's was continued. He's the golden child. He's the golden, golden child. child. And now, like, you've got reporters on the screen, like, looking at the camera, being like this after interviewing when yeah. it says "Let's ride," and like everyone like cheers for that. And he's he was a parody last year. Hey, he, he, was, so, he was made fun oh, of. Right. All right, coming up on GMFB, <laughs> and with that, let's turn to some positive. We got some company. We've got Jets. We were just talking Jets. We got Jets running backs Donovan Knight joining us to discuss the high expectations in New York this season. Yeah, just finished his rookie year, and then we'll have a guy who just entered the NFL. Hendon Hooker has gone from Tennessee to biting knees. What can we expect <laughs> from him in year one with the Lions? He joins us next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.